Well, Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of God Honest Truth live stream. We are God Honest Truth, and we are a Messianic ministry based out of Western North Carolina. You can find out more about us at www.godhonesttruth.com. There you can find out all about us, some resources to help further your education and walk in the faith. Also, some additional resources for Hebrew learning, audio Bibles, etc., etc. Let's go there and check it out. That's GodHonestTruth.com. If you're joining us for the first time, we would like to say shalom and welcome. We are glad to have you, and we're especially glad to have you for this special episode, which is a drosh on the feast day of Yom Kippur. Now, technically, it's not really a feast day because there's no feast. There's actually more of a fast, but we'll get into that later. So definitely stay tuned for tonight's drosh. It's going to be all about Yom Kippurim, what it is, how it relates to us, how it relates to Yeshua, our Messiah. All that good stuff with lots and lots of scripture. So definitely stay tuned for that. But before we get to that, we're going to be doing our liturgy, our Torah portion, Hop Torah portion, and Brit Hadashah portion. And I would like to go ahead and apologize. With the change of seasons here in Western North Carolina, my voice and my sinuses has kind of been acting up and I had a slight cold last Shabbat. So just kind of bear with me if there's a little bit of coughing or the voice goes out. We'll make it through it. We'll be all right. So, with all that being said, let's go ahead and dive into our liturgy. Blessed be his name, whose glorious kingdom is for eternity. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. 
and have these words which I command you this day be upon your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your children, and speak of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. And you shall bind them for a sign upon your hand, and let them be frontless between your eyes. And you shall write them on the doorpost of your house, and upon your gates. So in the way of announcements this week, there's really not that many announcements. <clears throat> Just want to say real quick for all those jumping in that I've had sort of a cold past week and changing the weather and stuff here in Western North Carolina. So bear with me. My voice kind of goes out or for a cough or whatnot, we'll make it through it all the same. But getting back to announcements, uh, here is your list of upcoming episodes for about the next two months or so. Like I said, tonight we're going to be doing a drosh all about Yom Kippurim. Very exciting, good stuff. So make sure to stay tuned for that. Next week, we're going to be doing a drosh on Sukkot. That's going to give you all the information you need to celebrate Sukkot, what it is, and all that good stuff. Then after that, we're going to be doing a drosh on heresy and orthodoxy, and et cetera, et cetera, through about the next two months or so. Make sure to join us each Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for each of those droshes. And here is your list of upcoming feast days for the next upcoming year, all the way through Shavuot of next year. And of course, our next upcoming feast day, or Moed, is going to be Yom Kippurim, which comes up on Sunday, September 25th at sunset, and runs through September 27th at sunset. I'm sorry, Yom Teruah is September 25th through September 27th. Got it. Then after that is Yom Kippurim. But regardless, here are the dates for you, so you can write those down and go ahead and start making plans. And like always, we usually have a drosh on each of the Moed or feast days about two weeks prior to that. Make sure to tune in for both the drosh on the Moed and for the actual Moed date. And as always, if you have any prayer requests or announcements that you would like to have announced live on air, make sure to have those in to us by Thursday evening at the latest because we do go live on Friday evenings at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And that one day will give us plenty of time to get incorporated into all the Drosh stuff that we're doing. So, let's go ahead and get back to our liturgy. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, who has given us the way of salvation in Messiah Yeshua. He walked among us, filled with your Spirit. The only one who ever perfectly fulfilled your Torah, he healed the sick and raised the dead. Multitudes of our people sought his touch. He taught as no man taught. With authority he brought forth the treasures of the Torah. How the children sought him, the lepers he touched and made clean. How the despised and outcast found love and release from their sin. How the hypocrites feared him, whose words uncovered their sin. Despised and rejected, acquainted with grief, he bore the sins of Israel. All we, like sheep, have gone astray, turned every one to his own way. Our iniquities were laid upon the king, the sins of the world, his burden to bear. He rose from the dead and opened the way to life everlasting. Praise his name. We are in him. His spirit empowers. New life is ours with joy and peace. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, who has given us Messiah, our King. For the sake of our Master Yeshua, and His merit and virtues, may the sayings of my mouth and the meditation of my heart 
Be favorable before you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Avinu Shabashamayim Yikadesh Shimcha Tavo Mahutecha Yelsa Retzonecha Ba'aretz Ka'asher Na'asa Bashamayim Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let thy kingdom come, let thy will be done, as on earth, so as in heaven. Ten lanu hayom, lachem hukenu, usalachanu, Rashmatenu ka asher. Solahim anachnu ka asher ashmulanu. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Be'al tevienu lide masa, i'im hatsilenu mim hara. Hilaha, amamlaha, ahagavura, hatiparet, olame, olamim. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. None can compare to you, O Lord, and nothing compares to your creation. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Your mercy endures throughout all generations. The Lord is king. The Lord was king. The Lord shall be king throughout all time. May the Lord grant his people mercy. May the Lord bless his people with peace. Proclaim the Lord's greatness with me. Let us exalt him together. And it came to pass, whenever the ark went forth, Moses would say, Arise, O Lord, and let your enemies be scattered. May those who hate you flee from before you. For from Zion shall go forth the Torah and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Blessed be he who in holiness gave the Torah to his people Israel. And tonight's Torah portion is going to be Exodus chapter 7, verse 19, through chapter 8, verse 19. And we'll give you just a moment to find that in your preferred translation at home. Exodus chapter 7, verse 19. And Yahweh spoke to Moshe, Say to Aaron, Take your rod and stretch out your hand over the waters of Mitzrayim, over their streams, over their rivers, over their ponds, and over all their pools of water, that they become blood. And there shall be blood in all the land of Mitzrayim, both in wooden and in stone containers. And Moshe and Aaron did so as Yahweh commanded. And he lifted up the rod and struck the waters that were in the river, in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of his servants. And all the waters that were in the river were turned to blood. And the fish that were in the river died, and the river stank, and the Mitzrites were unable to drink the water of the river. And the blood was in all the land of Mitzrayim. And the magicians of Mitzrayim did the same with their magic. And the heart of Pharaoh was strengthened, and he did not listen to them, as Yahweh had said. And Pharaoh turned and went into his house, and his heart was not moved by this either. And all the Mitzrites dug all around the river for water to drink, 
for they were unable to drink the water of the river. And seven days were completed after Yahweh had struck the river. And Yahweh spoke to Moshe, Go to Pharaoh and say to him, Thus said Yahweh, Let my people go so that they serve me. But if you refuse to let them go, see, I am smiting all your border with frogs. And the river shall swarm with frogs, which shall go up and shall come into your house and into your bedroom, and on your bed, and into the houses of your servants, and on your people, and into your ovens, and into your kneading bowls. And the frogs shall come up on you, and on your people, and on all your servants. And Yahweh said to Moshe, Say to Aaron, Stretch out your hand with your rod over the streams, over the rivers, and over the ponds, and cause frogs to come up on the land of Mitzrayim. So Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Mitzrayim, and the frogs came up and covered the land of Mitzrayim. And the magicians did so with their magic and brought up frogs on the land of Mitzrayim. Pharaoh then called for Moshe and Aaron and said, Pray to Yahweh to take away the frogs from me and from my people, and I shall let the people go to slaughter to Yahweh. And Moshe said to Pharaoh, Explain yourself to me. Who am I to pray for you and for your servants and for your people to destroy the frogs from you and your houses and remain only in the river? So he said, Tomorrow. And he said, Let it be according to your word, so that you know that there is none, no one like Yahweh our Elohim. And the frogs shall turn aside from you, and from your houses, and from your servants, and from your people. They shall remain in the river only. And Moshe and Aaron went out from Pharaoh. And Moshe cried out to Yahweh concerning the frogs which he had brought against Pharaoh. And Yahweh did according to the word of Moshe. And the frogs died out of the houses, out of the yard, out of the courtyards, and out of the fields. And they gathered them together in heaps, and the land stank. And when Pharaoh saw that there was relief, he hardened his heart and did not listen to them, as Yahweh had said. And Yahweh said to Moshe, Say to Aaron, Stretch out your rod and strike the dust of the land, so that it becomes gnats in all the land of Mitzrayim. And they did so, and Aaron stretched out his hand with his rod and struck the dust of the earth, and it became gnats on man and beast. All the dust of the land became gnats in all the land of Mitzrayim. And the magicians did similarly with their magic to bring forth gnats, but they were unable. And there were gnats on man and beast. The magicians then said to Pharaoh, This is the finger of Elohim. For the heart of Pharaoh was strengthened, and he did not listen to them, as Yahweh had said. Barukata Yahweh, Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, Asher Natan Lanu Torah Temet, Bechaye Olam Betukenu, Barukata Yahweh, Noten HaTorah. Amen. This is the Torah which Moses placed before the children of Israel. It is in accord with the Lord's command by the hand of Moses. It is a tree of life to those who take hold of it, and those who support it are praiseworthy. Its ways are ways of pleasantness, and all its paths are peace. Bring us back, Lord, to you, and we shall come. Renew our days as of old. Behold, nativo te ha, shalom.
Ashi venu Adonai Eleha vena shuva Hades Hades Yameinu Hades Yameinu Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has chosen faithful prophets to speak words of truth. Amen. All right, and tonight's Haftorah portion is going to be Joel chapter 3, verses 9 through 21. Once again, we'll give you just a moment to find that in your preferred translation at home. Joel chapter 3, verse 9. Proclaim this among the nations. Prepare for battle. Wake up the mighty men. Let all the men of battle draw near. Let them come up. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. Hasten and come, all you nations, and gather together all around. O Yahweh, let your mighty men come down here. Let the nations be aroused and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat, for there I shall sit to judge all the nations on every side. Put in the sickle, for the harvest has grown ripe. Come, go down, for the winepress is filled, the vats overflow, for their evil is great. Crowds, crowds in the valley of decision. The day of Yahweh is near in the valley of decision. Sun and moon shall become dark, and stars shall withdraw their brightness. And Yahweh shall roar from Zion, and give forth his voice from Jerusalem. And the heavens and earth shall shake, but Yahweh shall be a refuge for his people, and a stronghold for the children of Israel. Then you shall know that I am Yahweh your Elohim, dwelling in Zion, my set-apart mountain. And Jerusalem shall be set apart, and foreigners shall not pass through her again. And it shall be in that day that the mountains drip with new wine, and the hills flow with milk. And all the streams of Yehuda shall be flooded with water, and a fountain flow from the house of Yahweh, and water the wadi shatim. Mitzrayim shall become a ruin, and Edom a ruin, a wilderness, because of violence done to the people of Yehuda, whose innocent blood they shed in their land. But Yehuda shall dwell forever in Jerusalem to all generations. And I shall avenge their blood, which I have not avenged, and Yahweh shall be dwelling in Zion. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has given us the living word in Messiah Yeshua. Blessed are you, O Lord, giver of the renewed covenant. Amen. Right, and tonight's Brit Hadashah portion is going to be Romans chapter 9, verses 17 through 18. And one last time, we'll give you just a moment to find that in your preferred translation at home.
Romans chapter 9, verse 17. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, For this same purpose I have raised you up, to show my power in you, and that my name be declared in all the earth. So then, he favors whom he wishes, and he hardens whom he wishes. Barukata Yahweh, Eloheinu Melech HaOlam. Asher Natan Lanu HaDavar HaEmet, Bechaye Olam Betukenu. Barukata Yahweh, Noten HaBrit HaDashah. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who gave to us the word of truth and planted life everlasting in our midst. Blessed are you, O Lord, giver of the renewed covenant. Amen. So in just a moment, we'll be getting to our drosh, but like always, we're going to take a very, very short break and check on our live streams, make sure everything's going good. And while we're doing that, make sure to go down below, leave us a comment. I mean, whatever it is you'd like to say, Shalom, tell us what you know about Yom Kippur or how you celebrated in the past. And while you're down there leaving a comment, make sure to also hit that like button and hit the subscribe button as well as ring the bell to make sure you're notified every time we go live or when we upload an on-demand video. And before you get done down there in the bottom, make sure to also hit, uh, I'm sorry, hit the share button and share it around with your friends, family, coworkers, anybody who you might know that would enjoy this type of content. Because if you're watching it right now, odds are someone in your circle is in, going to enjoy the same kind of content. So just go ahead and share that around with them. And every time you do share us, we really, really do appreciate it. So with that being said, just want to remind everyone that we are live streaming on YouTube, Twitch, and Odyssey. So if you prefer one over the other, go check whichever one you prefer out and watch it there. Of course, the best place to watch is going to be on GodHonestTruth.com. Then click on live stream. That way you don't have to type in anything. You get to the site. You don't have to do a search and wait through all kinds of stuff. Just go directly to the live stream by going to GodHonestTruth.com and click on live stream. So now we are up to our drosh. And like I said earlier, tonight's drosh is going to be all about Yom Kippurim what it is, where you find it in scripture, all that good stuff. And of course, we're going to have lots and lots of verses because the word of God is much more powerful and is our foundation for any doctrines or beliefs that we hold to, not the word of man. So the day of Yom Kippurim. Firstly, it comes from the word Yom in Hebrew, meaning day, obviously enough. Any 24-hour day, or according to the scripture, from evening, includes both evening and morning, right? Sunset to sunset. 24-hour period. Simple enough. Then we have the word Kippurim. Now this means, Kippur means atonement. Kippurim is the plural form in Hebrew, which would technically mean atonements, but when it's used in the plural, it can also mean expiation. But you ask yourself, what does expiation mean? Well, expiation is basically the act or whatever it is that you do in order to extinguish guilt or sin and stuff like that. That's what Yom Kippur was all about. The atonement for the sins of Israel for the past year since the last Yom Kippurim. And we find this in scripture 
in Leviticus 16, 29 through 31. And this shall be for you a law forever. In the seventh new moon, on the tenth day of the new moon, you afflict your beings and do no work, the native or the stranger who sojourns among you. For on that day he makes atonement for you, to cleanse you, to be clean from all your sins before Yahweh. It is a Sabbath of rest for you, and you shall afflict your beings a law forever. So here we find the first instance of Yom Kippurim being instated there in Scripture. Talking about it's going to be in the seventh month of the year, and on the tenth day of the seventh month of the year. That's when Yom Kippurim is. Then Leviticus 23, 26-32. And Yahweh spoke to Moshe, saying, On the tenth day of the seventh new moon is Yom HaKippurim. It shall be set-apart gathering for you, and you shall afflict your beings, and shall bring an offering made by fire to Yahweh. And you do no work on that same day, for it is Yom Kippurim, to make atonement for you before Yahweh your Elohim. For any being who is not afflicted on that same day, he shall be cut off from his people. And any being who does any work on that same day, that being I shall destroy from the midst of his people. You do no work, a law forever throughout your generations and all your dwellings. It is a Sabbath of rest to you, and you shall afflict your beings. On the ninth day of the new moon at evening, from evening to evening, you observe your Sabbath. Of course, here it would be not the weekly Sabbath, but a special Sabbath or Shabbaton, right? A Sabbath in addition to the weekly Sabbath. Now, it could fall on the weekly Sabbath, but it's not to take the place of the weekly Sabbath. Then again, Numbers 29, 7-11. And on the tenth day of the seventh new moon, you have a set-apart gathering, and you shall afflict your beings. You do no work. You shall bring near an ascending offering to Yahweh, a sweet fragrance, one young bull, one ram, seven lambs a year old, perfect ones they are for you, and their grain offering, fine flour mixed with oil, three-tenths of an ephah for the bull, two-tenths for the one ram, one-tenth for each of the seven lambs, one male goat as a sin offering, besides the sin offering for atonement, continual ascending offering with its grain offering and their drink offering. So a couple things we can learn here real quick. Now, of course, I shorten this all down. If you go and do your own research in Scripture, which I highly invite you to do, you'll find all these different prescriptions for the Day of Atonement, what they had to go through, the different sacrifices they had to do, what they did with the sacrifices, about going into the Holy of Holies, etc., etc. So I cut it down for sake of time, but I do invite you to go and read for yourself the actual scriptures about Yom Kippurim. But a couple things we can notice from what we've already read. Number one, Yom Kippurim is a Shabbat or Shabbaton. You do no work on Yom Kippurim, regardless of what day of the week it falls on. Number two, it also tells you to afflict your beings. Now, what does that mean, afflict your beings? Well, Judaism has a certain tradition regarding this as far as afflict your beings. They considered Yom Kippurim to be a fast day because fasting would be an affliction to your being, right? An affliction to your soul. Also, there's no, within Judaism, there's no wearing of any kind of animal hides, leather, fur, stuff like that. They dress in white. They 
and we'll get into some more of that in just a minute. But they think that fasting is part of Yom Kippur. Now, Scripture itself says to afflict your being. Fasting may be a way to afflict your being, yes, but fasting isn't the only way to afflict your being. Okay, you can do without certain things like fasting. You can do without food. You can do without sweets. You can do without caffeine. That would be a way to afflict your being. If you're so used to the sweets and candy and caffeine stuff like that, you could do without marital relations. You can not bathe. And some people do all these things I just mentioned also. But fasting is not the only way to afflict your being. You can fast or you cannot fast on Yom Kippurim. Either way, you're still good biblically as long as you afflict yourself. <coughs> and the third thing I wanted to point out, if you notice, when we're reading through the scriptures, the scriptures actually refer to this day as Yom Kippurim. Right? Maybe you notice that when it's reading through. <clears throat> well, certain people, I don't want to, you know, pigeonhole the Judaism right here, but other people as well. They call this day, they call it the day Yom Kippur, right? Kippur being singular, Kippurim being what's used in scripture and the plural, right? And some people call it the day of atonement, singular. But so I've said that. Scripture actually puts this day, this name as Yom Kippurim. That's the actual scriptural name for it, outside of all tradition and stuff like that. Very interesting when you get into the Hebrew language, looking at syntax and grammar and stuff like that, especially when you use a plural word for a singular idea. And Kippurim is like that. And what they call it, well, don't want to get too much into the weeds here, but when you look in Jacinius's Hebrew grammar, he calls it the plural majestatus, right? Plural amplification. It means everything but that one singular object that it could be. Now, call it the day of atonement would still be correct. Even though it's plural intensified, right? In the Hebrew. Still a plural word for a singular idea. Very interesting stuff. And if you have any questions about that or you would like links to all these resources, let me know. This is the kind of stuff I really find interesting and, you know, love to do this kind of research. Maybe you don't, but if you do, shoot us an email at team at godhonesttruth.com. We'll give you some of those resources out if you are into that kind of stuff. But just have it known that some people call it Yom Kippur, other people call it Yom Kippurim, and Scripture calls it Yom Kippurim. That's what I wanted you to remember. In the Universal Jewish Encyclopedia, it says this about the names. It says Yom Kippur, originally Yom HaKippurim, or Day of Atonement, the holiest day of the Jewish religious year, on the should be 10th of Tishrei, middle of September to the beginning of October, it is the earnest and consecrating close of the 10 penitential days, which begin with the judgment of God on Rosh Hashanah. The Day of Atonement, like the time for repentance in general, is especially, especially devoted to the renewal of religious and moral life. And if you look at anyone within Judaism who celebrates Yom Kippurim, right, this really does describe them. They focus on things like charity work, volunteering, asking forgiveness from other people that they may have wronged this past year, in addition to seeking forgiveness from Yahweh. So it's really a renewal of religious and moral life for them, which is a good thing. 
But just notice that originally, even according to the Universal Jewish Encyclopedia, name was Yom HaKippurim. Again, Day of Atonement from the Jewish Encyclopedia. In Bible and Talmud and liturgy, the term Yom Kippur is late rabbinic. So once again, originally it was called Yom Kippurim from Scripture, but in rabbinic tradition, later on, much much later on actually, it was changed over and is more referred to as Yom Kippur. So, what about our Messiah Yeshua and Yom Kippurim, right? Doesn't churchianity and the Baptist confession and all that tell us that the old stuff's been done away with, we don't have to worry about it? Well, let's go with the words of our Messiah Yeshua, in that no jot or tittle shall go away from the Torah, and that he did not come to destroy the law. Settle that right now. So how does Yeshua and Yom Kippurim fit together? What's the relationship there? Well, let's back up just a little bit and look at some special things about Yom Kippurim from Scripture. First of all, the actual temple and tabernacle that was used during the Tanakh times. Okay, the original tabernacle was shown to Moses by Yahweh himself. And it says in Exodus 25, 8-9 and 40, And they shall make me a set-apart place, and I shall dwell in their midst according to all that I show you. The pattern of the dwelling place and the pattern of all its furnishings make it exactly so. So see and do according to the pattern which was shown to you on the mountain. So Moses had the tabernacle built according to the vision that he was given of the heavenly tabernacle, right? Or the heavenly temple. That's what he was shown and that's how he built the tabernacle and designed it and whatnot. According to all Yahweh told him and showed him. Now, we get into the temple times. 1 Chronicles 28, 10-12 and 19. See now, for Yahweh has chosen you to build a house for the set-apart place. Be strong and do it. And Dawid gave his son Shlomo the plans for the porch and his houses and his treasuries and his upper rooms and his inner rooms and the place of atonement and the plans for all that he had by the Spirit. Yahweh made me understand all this in writing by his hand upon me all the works of these plans. So again, even the temple itself, the permanent structure temple was, yeah, it was related to the tabernacle, but it was also plans given to David, which was passed down to Solomon from Yahweh, the heavenly tabernacle and stuff like that. So how does this fit in with Yeshua? Well, Yeshua is a priest now, remember? Review. Hebrews 8, 4 through 5. For if indeed he were on earth, he would not be a priest, since there are priests who offer the gifts according to the Torah, who serve a copy and shadow of the heavenly, right, the heavenly temple. As Moshe was warned when he was about to make the tent, just read that, remember? For he said, see that you make all according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. So we looked at the tabernacle that Moses built, and it was built according to what he saw in the heavenlies, right? Same with David when he passed the plans down to Solomon. It was according to the heavenly the temple in the heavens, right? And now we see our high priest, Yeshua our Messiah, serving as priest in the temple of Yahweh, the actual heavenly temple. Now, 
bring it back around to Yom Kippurim. We have the temple. We've talked about that a little bit. Now let's talk about the priests, right? And the atoning sacrifices and all that. Yom Kippurim was the one day a year that the pre the high priest, clarify that, the high priest could go into the Holy of Holies. Now there's a whole process he had to go through and things he had to do before he could go in there. But still, he could only go in there once a year on Yom Kippurim. Let's look at this real quick. Leviticus 16, 2-3 and 34. And Yahweh said to Moshe, Speak to Aaron, your brother, not to come in at all times to the set-apart place inside the veil before the lid of atonement, which is on the ark, lest he die, because I appear in the cloud above the lid of atonement. With this, Aaron should come into the set-apart place with the blood of a young bull as a sin offering and of a ram as an ascending offering. This shall be for you a law forever to make atonement for the children of Israel, all their sins once a year, as he <clears throat> and he did as Yahweh commanded Moshe. So see, we hear at the establishment of the Levitical priesthood how the high priest only went into the Holy of Holies once a year on Yom Kippurim for the atoning sacrifice and make atonement for the children of Israel. Right, it says here in this last verse. To make atonement for the children of Israel once a year. How does all this relate to Yeshua? Let's look at Hebrews 9, 6 through 7. And these having been prepared like this, the priest always went into the first part of the tent accomplishing the services. But into the second part, the high priest went alone once a year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for sins of ignorance of the people. So again, Author of Hebrews reiterating that priests only went in once a year to make atoning sacrifices or yeah, atoning sacrifices for the people. And for himself too. But then we get in on later down in Hebrews chapter 9, it says this. Hebrews 9, 11 through 14. But Messiah, having become a high priest of the coming good matters, through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, entered into the most set-apart place once for all, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, having obtained everlasting redemption. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the defiled, sets apart for the cleansing of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of the Messiah, who through the everlasting Spirit offered himself unblemished to Elohim, Cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living Elohim. Powerful stuff. Relating all back to Yom Kippur and how it's all connected right here. Right? We have the earthly tabernacle and temple of the heavenly tabernacle and temple. Then we have the high priest on earth going in once a year to make atonement for sins. But then we have the absolute high priest, Yeshua HaMashiach, going into the heavenly temple just once as the atoning sacrifice for all the people. Not year after year, Yeshua did it once. He's serving as our high priest and as our atoning sacrifice. Yeshua is our Kippurim. He is our atonement. That's how it all relates back to Yom Kippurim. Hebrews 9, 24-25 For Messiah has not entered into a set-apart place made by hand, Remember, the temple in the heaven. Figures of the true, but into the heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of Elohim on our behalf, not that he should offer himself often, 
as the high priest enters into the set-apart place year by year with blood not his own. Shua did it with his own blood. 1 John 14, 4.10 And this is love. Not that we love Elohim, but that he, that he loved us and sent his son to be an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Again, he did it once as our atoning sacrifice. Now serves as our high priest. Now this is very interesting too. If Yeshua died on Passover, crucified on Passover, but he's our high priest only went into the whole the heavenly temple once and was our atoning sacrifice and pretty much fulfills all of that stuff that Yom Kippur used to be about, right? <coughs> Is there any way you know we could prove that outside of scripture? Well, how about a contrary faith like Judaism? Right? If he fulfilled the Yom Kippur honing once a year sacrifice for the sins of the people, what if there was someone who actually confirms this, even though they didn't know they were actually confirming it? Let's look at the Talmud real quick. Now again, we do not hold Talmud as scripture or anything to guide our lives over, but it is very interesting to look at from a historical perspective and to get an idea into the minds of Judaism. But, from the William Davidson Talmud, Yoma 39b. The sages taught during the tenure of Shimon Hazadik, the lot for God always arose in the high priest's right hand after his death, it occurred only occasionally. But during the 40 years prior to the destruction of the second temple, now the destruction of the second, second temple happened in 70 CE. So 40 years before that would have been 30 CE, right about the time that Yeshua would have been crucified, right? But it says, But during the 40 years prior to the destruction of the second temple, the lot for God did not arise in the high priest's right hand at all. So too, the strip of crimson wool that was tied to the head of the goat that was sent to Azazel did not turn white, and the westernmost lamp of the candelabrum did not burn continually. Now, used to, on Yom Kippur, the Jews of Judaism tie a red string around the Azazel goat, or the scapegoat, right? And then we send it out, and if all went well, and everything was good, and Yahweh accepted their sacrifice, and everything they did on Yom Kippur, that red string would turn white. Right? But, they said, 40 years prior to the destruction of the Second Temple, 40 years prior to 70 CE, it no longer turned white. Why is that? Because we have Yeshua, our Messiah, as our one atoning sacrifice for all of Israel. He made that sacrifice. He is our atoning sacrifice. There's no more reason for sacrifices on Yom Kippur. Again, the Talmud, another like copy version, something like that, but it says, Our rabbis taught during the last 40 years before the destruction of the temple, the lot for the Lord did not come up in the right hand, nor did the crimson-colored strap become white, nor did the westernmost light shine. And the doors of the Hekal would open 
by themselves. Doors of the Holy of Holies, right? Would not stay shut. They would sometimes open up by themselves. Yes, now we have our atoning sacrifice for sin, Yeshua HaMashiach. Therefore, that atoning sacrifice on the goat will not make the string turn white anymore. Yeshua HaMashiach opened our path to the Father. He said, without me, you do not come to the Father. The only way to the Father is through the Son. He opened up that door, and quickly, the doors of the temple would just open up themselves in time. So a second witness to the miraculous and awesome thing that Yeshua did for us when he gave his life. So, you're thinking, well, the atonement, the Yom Kippur sacrifice is null and void at this point because Yeshua is our atoning sacrifice. Amen? So should we still celebrate Yom Kippur? Well, yes. I think we should. A lot of Messianics nowadays do also. Not for the whole animal sacrifice thing. That's we did, We've already talked about that. But because of our atoning sacrifice and the work and what Yeshua did for us. We should definitely remember that atoning sacrifice. We should definitely remember what it is he did with, for us and celebrate that on every year. So how should we celebrate it if we're going to celebrate it? Well, if you're going in the scriptural way, like we mentioned before, you would afflict your being, which could include fasting, but it's not required. You could have something like no sweets, no coffee, no marital relations, no bathing, stuff like that. Just afflict your being. And also, what Scripture tells us to do is to make it a Shabbat. Make it a Shabbaton. No work on Yom Kippurim. Now, some of the ways that Judaism celebrates it is they have a large feast on the eve of Yom Kippur because on Yom Kippur, they would fast, right? A big feast right before it and not eat anything for 24 hours. So... They do have a feast right before Yom Kippur. They also spend a lot of time in prayer on Yom Kippur. They go to worship services. There's also the blowing of the shofar, which would be implicit at this point for Moedim. There is asking for forgiveness, not only from Yahweh himself, but also for other human beings they may have wronged in the past years. They do a lot of volunteering and charity work for the needy, homeless, stuff like that. They wear white to show, you know, cleansing and atonement and stuff like that. And also, on Yom Kippur, they don't wear any kind of fragrances. No cologne, no deodorant, no perfume, nothing, right? Part of that whole affliction thing. They also don't wear anything animal-related, like animal hide, right? No leather, no furs, like that. They don't bathe be another way of afflicting yourself and so far all of these are seeming pretty good right nothing really we can find disagreement with or contention with these are pretty good things right giving to the poor helping to charity fasting is good for you right asking for forgiveness reconciling with people all these seems pretty good right one other thing that some Jews do that 
would not advise here. And that is the act of copperote, right? And this is done with either a chicken or a bag of money. And what happens is that certain Jews within Judaism who do this, they will take a chicken or a bag of money and they will take that chicken and swing it around their head, right? That's copperote. And that's supposed to be symbolic of the sacrifices that were done back during temple times. After this, whatever, if it's a chicken or money, they will then butcher the chicken and feed it to the poor or charity work, or they give the money to charity work. But the swinging of the chicken is reminiscent of those sacrifice days. In fact, we see in the Universal Jewish Encyclopedia, it says, the custom of Kaporos Umschlagen, or Kaporot, whirling a chicken around the head as a sort of atonement sacrifice was already known in Gaonic time. Right, by 6th century, or at least by the 7th anyways, and was opposed by many savants. Again, in the Jewish encyclopedia, very significant as showing a deep-rooted desire for some form of atoning sacrifice is the custom known already in the time of Gionim and found in Asia and Africa as well as in Europe, though disapproved by Namonides, Solomon ben Adret, and Joseph Caro, of swinging over one's head on or before the Eve of Atonement Day, or Yom Kippur, Kippurim, a fowl, usually a rooster or hen, solemnly pronouncing the same to be a vicarious sacrifice to be killed in place of the Jew or Jewish who might be guilty of death by his or her sin. So if someone tells you that there are certain Jews out there that swing chickens over their heads, you might think they're crazy, but now you know, no, they're not crazy. There are some within Judaism who actually do this. So it's called Kaparot. This is why they do it. And again, I would not suggest you do it because our atoning sacrifice is Yeshua HaMashiach. You don't need no chicken. Right? We have the Messiah. So, quick summary. Yom Kippurim is the 10th day of the 7th month. Or if you're going by names, it's the 10th day of Tishrei. It is a day of rest and afflicting your being. That's all that's talked about in Scripture, apart from the sacrifices. But afflicting your being and resting, right? Shabbat and afflict your being. Again, on the names, Scripture actually calls it Yom Kippurim, while other people may call it Yom Kippur, a day of atonement. Scripture calls it Yom Kippurim. And Yeshua is our one atoning sacrifice, and he entered once into the heavenly temple for us, thereby making the crimson bread not turn white anymore, making the doors open by themselves in the temple, opening our way to the Father, and cleansing us from our sins, atoning for our sins. Yeshua is our Yom Kippurim sacrifice. That's just the God-honest truth. If you'd like to find out and read more about Yom Kippurim. Here are some verses in the Tanakh. Now, of course, you can always go back through the slides uh, tomorrow for the Brit Hadashah portions that I provided. But here are the Tanakh verses. And just to let you know, if you're new to the channel or the episodes, if you happen to miss anything during tonight's live stream, you can always watch it tomorrow, usually get in about the morning. 
There you can find not only the video on our website, but also the slides that you can go through at your own pace. Therefore, if you want to look at something or write down in your notes, you can pause on a certain slide and it makes it so much more easier and convenient that way. That should be live on GodHonestTruth.com beginning tomorrow morning. Unless anything goes wrong. Hopefully nothing goes wrong. But we would like to thank you for joining us tonight for tonight's live stream and also tonight's drosh. If you got anything out of it, let us know down in the comments below. In just a moment, we're going to be doing the Aaronic Benediction. So if you're watching from home and you have anyone there that you would like to have gathered to you, you can go ahead and start gathering those people. But while you're down there leaving a comment, make sure to also hit that subscribe button and ring the bell. Make sure to hit the like button and the share button and share it around with any friends, family, colleagues, whoever you think might enjoy this type of content. But now you know all about Yom Kippurim. Of course, there's more that goes into that. And we, as always, we invite you to test everything to the scriptures, everything we told here, do your own research, do your own notes, do your own study. Because we are your brothers and your sisters. We're not your rabbis. We're not your authority. We're not your preachers. We're not your popes, right? We're just your brothers and your sisters, same as you. But if there's anything that we can teach you and inform you about, that's why we're here. So, that being said, go ahead and get into the Aaronic Benediction. Give a Rikaka Yahweh, a Yishmareha, Yair Yahweh Panabeleha. Vihunecha Yisah Yahweh Panavelecha Vyasim Lecha Shalom May Yahweh bless you and guard you. May Yahweh make his face shed light upon you and be gracious unto you. May Yahweh lift up his face unto you, give you peace. Thank you again for joining us tonight for another edition of God Honest Truth Livestream. And thank you for bearing with me as I go through this whole ruffled voice thing with the change of seasons and light cold and whatnot. We hope tonight's episode has been enriching for you. We hope that tomorrow, or actually right now on Shabbat, is very restful. We hope it's uplifting. And we hope that next week, until we see you again, as next week you have good fortune, good family, good spirits, good health. And until we see you again, Shabbat Shalom, Shavua Tov, take care of each other and take care of yourself. Shabbat Shalom. Yahweh, God, you. Yahweh, 
Upon you and give. 